0: Today on Citycast Madison. Does your family have the tradition of hitting the movie theaters over the holidays? Well, this year both the fancy Hilldale AMC and the Market Square Budget Theater closed, leaving our only commercial options on the edge of town. Rob Thomas, the Cap Times features editor and longtime film critic, sat down with us to talk about changes to our theater scene and give us his holiday movie picks. It's Thursday, December 15th. I'm Bianca Martin, and this is CityCast Madison. Rob, hello.
1: Hello, Bianca.
0: So, a lot to get to with the movie scene here, and I wanna start with the fact that the AMC Theater closed and I'm crushed. Why did that happen?
1: Well, I think it's a combination of what's happening with movies across the globe and also things that are happening in Madison. In the case of AMC Madison 6, which used to be Sundance Cinemas at Hildale, I know Hildale had plans to redevelop that part of that area into like retail. And in AMC's case, they've been. You know, they're the largest movie chain in the world, but they've been carrying a lot of debt. They've been closing some cinemas. You know, it's been a rough couple of years if you're a movie theater chain. And so uh, AMC decided not to renew their lease with Hilldale at the end of the month, end of December. Uh, so it was a little surprising when all of a sudden they were just closed at the end of November. I think, I think a lot of people thought, well, we'll get one more chance to go and check out that movie theater before it closes. And then that was it, just closed up December 1st.
0: If it wasn't bad enough that it's going away, it went away before we thought it would. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Plot twist, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Major plot twist. And we're going to be talking all sorts of plots here. But at first, I just want to hear your relationship to the theater because I saw your tweet and you had some very big happenings oh, there.
1: Oh, yeah. Very personal. I got married at that at that theater back, back in when it was Sundance Cinemas. My wife and i got married on the roof it used to be that great rooftop bar and they closed it a couple of years ago and we had a, a saturday morning wedding with all our friends and then when the ceremony was or the reception was over my wife and i went down to the first floor and we caught a movie we went and saw far from the madding crowd with carrie mulligan i was in my suit she was in her wedding dress and we just snuck in and watched a movie and then It was just a great day it was perfect for us and yeah i have a lot of personal connections with that place i've seen so many movies there my daughter actually was working there the last night it closed so it's 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 almost like a fan been in the family for since it opened
0: oh my goodness i that is so so lovely and i was curious i'm like did they see a movie and now the image of that like that's Everything. It was so it was
1: so cool because the lights went up and all of a sudden there's this woman in a wedding dress in the middle of the audience and people were like kind of thought that was really cool. So it was really fun.
0: That's awesome. I remember dressing up as Bellatrix Lestrange when it was the last Harry Potter movie. She got big hair. So um, but I just you know, they're just that's one small memory. But going there on any day that you maybe even want to just be by yourself and do an individual activity. That's something I really Really appreciated that spot for, but there are other spaces. So that one's gone. But w- what are your go-to Madison area theaters?
1: Well, I live in Fitchburg, so I'm very close to the AMC down here, which has the IMAX screen, which is really nice. If I have time, I really do like Flicks Brew House, which is on the in Easttown Mall. It's a movie theater, but they also have an in-house brewery that makes really good beer.
0: Yeah, and theaters have really shook things up can get anything you want these days at the theater versus just popcorn and soda
1: Flix right now has a uh for the movie elf they have a buddy the elf dessert pizza with syrup and popcorn and m&ms and it looks so horrible i, I think <laughs> i just have to try it i mean
0: <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh that is incredible and such a dream for a kid Sounds ridiculous and kind of disgusting, but in a good way.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, I haven't heard anything like that yet. And I just want to talk about like, how has uh, Madison's movie theater scene changed since you started covering the film Beat in 1999?
1: Well, when I got here, there was a real you know downtown film scene. You had the Orpheum Theater and the Majestic Theater were both full-time movie theaters. There was a, a small theater called University Square Four, which was also near campus, was popular with students. And then you had the campus programs. Uh, UW Cinematheque, you know, a lot of that is gone. Like all the movie theaters in Madison, except for those campus theaters, the Union South Marquee and UW Cinematheque, they're all like either in the suburbs, like Marcus Palace in Sun Prairie, or AMC, like I said, in Fitchburg, or they're very close to the suburbs, like Marcus Point on the far west side, or uh, Flicks House in East Town Mall. So if you're downtown... And you want to see a movie, you've got to travel, which is a surprise for me because I th- always think of movie- Madison as a great movie town. The Wisconsin Film Festival is celebrating 25 years next year and uh, the UW has a great film program. It just seems like there's a lot of movie fans here. So it's surprising that, you know, the the movie scenes kind of hollowed out right now.
0: Why do you think that downtown can't sustain or support a movie theater? I mean, of course, we have theaters, right? We've got the Orpheum, Majestic, places that can Show films, but it's, yeah, it doesn't seem to be supporting it.
1: Well, I think those older theaters found it was just more profitable to turn into music venues, which is happening to old, big old theaters around the country. I mean, I, the Orpheum's like 1,700 seats. You can't get that many people in to see a movie four times a day. And so I sort of, unless
0: we have clones of us. Exactly.
1: Right. And I think the other thing is, and I'm, you know, I'm not an expert on development, but with all the new, people coming in downtown, the housing demand, it's probably more profitable if you have a piece of land to build like apartments or or condos or something like that than to build a movie theater, which is a pretty big footprint. You know, I still think that like with all those people moving downtown, they're gonna wanna go to a third place like a movie theater and hang out. And so... It's a little disappointing that they don't have that aside, like we said, from the stuff on campus.
0: Is there any way to gauge a sense of demand?
1: I don't have any numbers locally, but I saw a quote which says that 20% of the movie screens right now are generating 80% of the money for movie theaters, which basically means if you go see a blockbuster like Black Panther or Top Gun Maverick or the new Avatar, that theater will be full. There'll be lots of people there but if you see something else, you know, an adult drama or a comedy or something like that, or an indie film, uh, there's usually only a handful of people there. Those, uh, movies are really struggling right now. And that's true across the industry. And that's of course, because of the rise of streaming.
0: I can't act like I'm only about going to the movie theaters. I also stream things regularly, but that was kind of the elephant in the room. How much of an impact do you think that that has had?
1: Yeah, it's a huge impact. And I think, it's changed the way people watch movies and I think it's changed the way movie theaters operate right now we, and we don't really know like how that's going to shake out. It's all very much in flux. I do think with the pandemic, a lot of people got used to having all the movies they want you know, kind of at their fingertips when they've got Netflix or Hulu or any of the other ones. The movie studios have decided. You know, we don't want to gamble by putting a movie in theaters for very long. So it might show up on Netflix or Hulu two or three weeks after it was in theaters. So it's sort of this uh, chicken and the egg thing where they're both like, nobody's really committed to the movie theater experience beyond those big blockbusters. And then Netflix and Hulu are also movie studios. They're producing movies. And so they have a vested interest in people watching those movies being subscribers to their streaming sites rather than seeing them in the movie theaters.
0: What do you think makes a successful theater here outside of showing the blockbusters? Is it like food offerings? You know, I've got something to say about the non-real butter (laughs) on the popcorn here in the dairy state. Um, But what do you think might help, you know, for those of us who love movies and are sad to see one of them, uh, you know, close its doors?
1: I think it's a bunch of things, but I I think it's Basically, it starts with making really good movies, quite frankly, like a lot of movies aren't very good and you pay a lot of money to see it in the theater. And if you don't get that bang for your buck, like, well, why did I do that? And that wait a month to see it at home. I think the quality of
0: Rob Thomas, dropping the truth, that's true, dropping the truth right here. Yep. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, I think the quality of the food matters, and a lot of theaters have definitely stepped up their game, like you said. I think having the chance to take a beer or a glass of wine to the theater was a big draw for Sundance when they were the first in town to do that. Now the other ones have caught up. And I think it's just that sense of like community that you, can't, you just can't recreate at home. And there's something really special about being with a group of people who are all focused on one thing. Like I saw the the sequel to Knives Out is Glass Onion, kind of a comedic. I didn't version. know there's
0: a sequel. Yeah,
1: it's kind of, well, it's a Netflix movie, so it's coming to Netflix okay. at Christmas. But they had like a one week sort of run in theaters, just to, more, more as a promotion. It was great. The theater was packed. Everybody was laughing. It was the exactly kind of experience that you want to have at the movie theater, and it was a Netflix movie. So. I still think there's a lot of life left in movie theaters, and I hope they'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you think part of it is that the cost just became too prohibitive?
1: I did hear somebody say that maybe it makes sense if you're going to charge more for like a 3D movie or an IMAX movie, maybe start charging less for like, you know, a small budget drama or something like that and give people more of an incentive to like take a shot. It's only six bucks, you know, or something like that. Uh, you do see the theaters packed on Tuesdays when it's $5. So I think that is, you know, that does raise the bar for people who think like, well, why, why would I pay $100 to take me and the kids to see this movie? Would it might not be any good?
0: Yeah. It made me think of the $5 DVD bin at Walmart that I used to peruse.
1: <laughs> for sure. All <laughs> great a movies. low
0: budget All gems. great movies. <laughs> yep.
1: not, yeah.
0: i actually just thinking about the cheap theater. That one just died. What What about that? I mean, maybe that's a... I'll counterpoint
1: yeah market square yeah I, that was really sad I liked that theater and it was great because they were picking up a lot of movies that were getting kind of shouldered out of the big theaters by the blockbusters so going to that theater was like going back in time to 1992 in a lot of ways it didn't have the humanities so that may have hurt them I think but yeah who knows it's it's a complicated yeah. thing
0: We've asked you to kind of pull together some film choices for the holidays. And if you don't mind sharing, like, what recommendations do you have for folks?
1: Sure. Well, in the movie theaters right now, you know, there's some big blockbusters like the Avatar sequel, and Black Panther is probably still around. I really liked Steven Spielberg's new movie, The Fablemans, which is a kind of autobiographical film, unusual for him, about him growing up in the 50s and 60s and how he learned to make movies.
0: In this family, it's the scientists versus the artists. Sammy's on my team, takes after me.
1: I was a little worried it would be kind of corny and sentimental because Spielberg can kind of do that, but it's actually pretty interesting and serious in looking at his parents' marriage and his own uh, it's a really interesting story, um, so I highly recommend that one. I think it's one of the best of the year, and I, I will give a couple of Netflix recommendations because people are at home. Uh, I wrote a rev- I wrote a review for the Cap Times of uh, Guillermo del Toro, who's a great horror director. He did a stop motion animated yes did one, a stop motion animated Pinocchio, which is so creepy. Like it is it is. <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's it's a very creepy take on it. Uh very macabre Ooh. and I loved it. It was really fun to watch, very different. He's just a puppet. No, I'm not. I'm a real boy.
0: <laughs> People are sometimes afraid of things
1: they don't know.
0: Pinocchio's kind of a dark story in the first place, right?
1: I mean, we watch things. In it's... my
0: memory, I even the cartoon <laughs>
1: It's kind of a Frankenstein story, right? It's kind of a way like, and, um, and this really leans into that that creepiness in a, in a fun way. And then there's another kind of under the radar movie starring Aubrey Plaza called Emily the Criminal, uh, which is on Netflix and it's a thriller. She plays uh, a woman in her twenties, trying to survive the gig economy, has a ton of college debt, like a lot of people these days except that she turns to crime to try and pay the bills and finds out that she's really good at it and starts rising in the ranks and doing more and larger and larger capers. In the next hour, you will make 200 cash, but you will have to do something illegal. You won't be in danger, but you will be breaking the law. Yo, you gonna pay for that? It's a really good thriller, and I think people should check it out.
0: And you mentioned Avatar 2, and right, Avatar 1 was one of the highest grossing films ever. Yes. Any chance we might see some re-emergence of interest in the theater just from the sheer interest in Avatar 2, or do we know how, you know, how excited folks are?
1: I think it's going to be huge. I think uh, James Cameron, who directed it, I mean, people have bet against him going back to Titanic, and he always seems to make these movies that are just monsters, and I think you'll see a lot of people going to see that movie at least once just for the experience of it. It's almost more like a ride than a story in some ways, but it's a pretty, it looks like a pretty incredible ride from the trailers.
0: We cannot let you bring your war here. Outcast! That's all they see. I see you. Ooh. Do you have a favorite holiday movie?
1: Well, I watch. It's a Wonderful Life every year. I—that That is my favorite. I have inflicted it on my wife and my kids who are like, this is a really dark movie. Why are we watching this? But I love it, and I always make time every year to watch it at least once. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas!
0: in jail speaking of It's a Wonderful Life I just watched it for the first time last year it's tremendous and I now plan to watch it every year for the rest of my life so
1: (laughs) I say when I get my billion dollars and open my theater downtown we will play it every night during December
0: well I'm there and thank you for taking the time to join us Rob oh
1: thanks for having me it was great
0: Rob Thomas is the features editor for the Cap Times (laughs) The flu is back. The Wisconsin Health Department says less than a third of Wisconsin residents got a flu shot so far this year. And influenza is indeed circulating. The good news? It's not too late to get your vaccine. Vaccines.gov will give you your options. And Madison Honors Classes! Y'all are talking about our last episode on whether Madison schools should change their honors program. And we loved hearing from you. Gina says, as a high school student, I would have loved to take more arts and tech classes, but they would have tanked my GPA and I wanted to go to college. She thinks adding honors options in these classes would help shift attitudes towards the students who excel in these areas. And we heard from Jack on the east side of Madison who said,
1: I'd really like to know why the district is putting and why the board is putting so much interest into fixing this problem in high school rather than investing in early childhood.
0: If you want to talk to us about an episode, we are all ears. Here's our voicemail. Are you ready? 608-318-3367. That's 608-318-3367. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. We're produced by Molly Stens and Dylan Brogan. Music is by Carl Christensen. If you enjoy the show, why not tell your favorite filmy about us? And if you've got a second, rate our show on your podcast app and leave us a comment. It really helps other people find us. We'll be back with more news from around the city on Tuesday. Talk soon.